You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Well, hello. It is Patrick Oliver-Jones, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Season 8 of Why I'll Never Make It. This season, we're diving deep into the world of theater once again with guests from Broadway, West End, and regional theaters near and far, from seasoned veterans to fresh faces on the scene. Each episode is packed with candid conversations and inspiring stories about life in the performing arts industry. Join me as I sit down with actors, directors, writers, and more to explore the highs and lows of chasing dreams in the spotlight. Subscribers to the podcast will continue to get bonus audition room stories as well as early access to every episode. So whether you're a theater aficionado or just curious about the inner workings of showbiz, join me here on Why I'll Never Make It for a season filled with triumphs and tragedies under the stage lights. Be sure to follow now on your favorite podcast platform so you can listen to every episode. That's because I'm excited to bring back bonus episodes featuring the final five questions that I ask each guest. These bite-sized episodes will follow each main interview, offering you even more insight into the personal lives and careers of our esteemed guests. And just to give you a taste of what to expect this season, here are the final five questions I asked Lisa Howard last season which was only available to subscribers. In these series of questions, she opens up about the unpredictability of this industry and how embracing these challenges and uncertainties is so important, as well as what making it means to her. Well, let's get into these final five questions. So the first one is, what was your very first experience in theater or on stage? Very first was getting a solo in the Christmas pageant at my elementary school. Ah. Yeah. What did you sing? Did you sing a Christmas carol? The song called Christmas is a Feeling. I could sing it for you now if you'd like. (laughs) Christmas is a feeling? What feeling is it? Christmas is a feeling filling the air with love and joy and laughter and people everywhere. That's love. I love the. And how old were you when the fifth grade? Love so it. Oh like my gosh! 12. I love that you still remember. <laughs> yeah, it was my very first solo ever. Of course, I remember it. Wow, that's wonderful. Well, I did like little solo things, but real like performing where you're like acting, doing a dance, and things like that. I did show choir. I auditioned in junior high. It was like end of my. Seventh grade year, going into eighth grade, I auditioned for the countywide ETC All American Youth Show Choir, and that's where I, you know, really got my performance bug. Love it! Oh my gosh, that's great! That's great. Well, number two, how has the industry changed most since you first started? Mm. Well, we talked. We kind of talked about that a little bit. I think. Yeah, that's certainly one way it's changed as far as like just yeah. accepting people for who they are. Yep. Um, also you don't have to, I don't even remember what night it was, but everything's digital now. You don't have to have really the hard headshot, the hard copy headshots, although you still should have some, 
Uh, everything's digital. You don't have to go and get the backstage from the newsstand and on late Thursday night or early Friday morning, right? When you had to go get the backstage magazine to find out the auditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, big things like that. I, I think, um, you know, it's always been commercial since I've been in it too, you know, so we're uh, using celebrity names, try to get the butts in the seats. But I mean, it's always been like that. I, I think having a, a bit more diversity in the casting and the fact that it's moving along with the modern age and everything's digitized and, and social media, actually. Because trying to promote yourself before was, it, it was very difficult, you know, like you're sending. And it also wasn't expected. It wasn't expected. And now you've got to have a certain number of followers. And if it's between you and somebody else and somebody else, the other person has a, you might be equally as talented. Somebody else has a huge social media following. A lot of times they're going to get the job, which is, makes me want to throw up a little bit like wow yeah but throw up on them yes and like yeah and then like, show me how to get more followers right right <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then tell me how to do i'm it. gonna barf on you but then can you show can you help me with but that? then show me how to do that uh-huh. yes please yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so that's really about promoting yourself because now i mean anybody can get their music out you can produce your own albums you can you know there's just so many more ways that you can promote yourself, promote your business, promote you, you know, because I think that's why I struggle with a little bit because I didn't grow up with a cell phone in my hand, taking selfies and promote, you know, like what I was, that was like, kind of like, oh, look, at showing off kind of thing. Like right? it's a complete different mental shift. Like I really have to make myself post. I, I still kind of laugh at those people though. I'm like, whenever they're just like, you know, with that, with that face, like they're walking along normal face. And then all of a sudden the selfie face comes and it's like, whoa. And the pucker, oh my gosh, the lips. I don't get it. I still kind of laugh at I know, it. it. Even was, though it's, everyone does it now. Literally. It's a, it's yeah. a complete 180. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you were made fun of or looked down upon for being so it's like self-centered and oh look at the, you know, like it, and the selfie stick and all that. Yeah. It was a whole thing. And now like it's expected. Yeah, You're making reels that. and all the it's the whole thing. Yeah. Makes us sound old. I, I, I know it's we're the curmudgeons now. Ugh, I know. So so with that in mind, number three, what does success making it what what does that mean to you now? I often joke and say, I'm still here. I'm still doing it. Sometimes just surviving. Yeah. Just surviving, making a living. And sometimes, you know, you've got to have that side job to pay the bills still, you know, Um, but being okay with that and finding other ways of being creative. Maybe you're not in a theater show, but if you're still doing something creative and making money from it, that is a-okay. That is success. That is doing it. Because I often find, you know, theater, like, doing theater jobs, like, it's who's writing what, what's the timing? Like, you just never know when it's coming, but it, you've got to fulfill that creative bug. Um, there are many different ways that I have supported myself over the years, and you just have to be okay with that if you're still, if you're still wanting to do this. And I think that is being success. Sometimes I still I, I joke and I'm like, am I still here? 
It's like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, because it is such an up and down industry. Um, but I'm definitely not ready to throw in the towel, you know, so you just make it work. Like we, you and I, we're waiting to hear, is 42nd Street doing anything? We'll see. We'll I see. Don't I don't know. But we'll just keep going. Right. You know, yeah. like everybody asks me, so what's next? I'm like, I don't know. I know. And then, no. that, like, that blows their mind. They're like, how, how, how do you do that? You just, I, I don't know. You just get used to it and you kind of, it's for a, me, I, I act like it's not going to happen. Like, like in some way, it's like, whether it happens or not, I have to just assume it's not and move on. Right. And then if it does, bonus. Right. Like, you know, I'm, a lot of times I'll do like master classes with theater students or workshops or, you know, teach voice lessons. And I took a couple months off, like with November and December after our show closed. And now I'm like, I've really got to do something. That wicked money's going way really fast. <laughs> I was like, I got, I got to make some money. So let me call in my, my people who, whose students can I work with? Who, you know, who's doing a show at 54 below you want, you know i'll sing some songs you, you know like you do those things to fill in the gaps in between the big projects that you know really pay the bills well number four what is a uh, personal lesson that's taken you a while to learn or one that you're still working on to this day i'm like how much time you got just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um, and the therapy session starts now right no, it yeah. really is about taking care of yourself and learning when to say no. Because that's hard sometimes in this business. You, you know, you feel like you have to say yes to everything because that opportunity might come along or, or whatever. But, but sometimes, like even for auditions, like if I have too much going on or whatever, like I've definitely learned the power of saying, you know, I really can't do that right now. I can't, I can't take it. And, you know, sometimes like I, I've turned down audition offers and job offers because it's going to take me out of town this spring. And I literally was just on the road for almost a year. And I've got kids. I can't, even though I want that job. I really would love that job and it would be fun and I would make some money, but I, I, I just can't right now. And, and that, that it's, you know what, there's going to be other shows. You just have to keep having that faith in it, that something else will come along. You know, like I was joking earlier, I was like, you never know when another show is going to happen. Um, you know, uh, but you'd have to make the choices for your mental health, for your family, for all of that. And sometimes that means saying, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You know? And so I think that's the biggest lesson learned and not feeling bad about because you always feel like, Oh, I, I should take that. They got me on that audition or, Oh, Oh, they're offering me that. I, I well, of course you have to take it, you know, like hmm. it, it, you know, sometimes it's not, it's wor not worth it or, you know, on one level or another. So that's a big lesson to learn. And when you have, because this certainly happens often as well, where you have multiple offers, maybe one, two, three at a time, how do you differentiate or what goes into making your decision one way or the other? Well, it doesn't happen very often that I have multiple <laughs> offers. No, no, it doesn't happen very often, but it's happened, you know, a handful of times sure. in my career. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Sometimes one project might be more artistically fulfilling, but the paycheck's not there. And oftentimes with, you know, especially having a family to support, if it's just me, it'd be a different story. But I, you know, sometimes, you know, oh, you're, I'm going to be making how much? Okay, well, I'll have to take that job. You know, and, you yeah. know, where it's, it's the big machine show and you're just a cog in the wheel and you get put in and you're great. And, you know, as compared to, oh my gosh, here's a new show and it's the lead role. Here's a supporting show, role in a, a well-established show, but this one's going to pay you more. I'm sorry, right now I got a family. I got to do this one, you know? So I, I've definitely had to make that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Number five, what is the most useful advice that you've received and how have you applied that to your own life or career? Um, keep putting yourself out there. You know, uh, if something's not coming, if your agents, you know, there's nothing coming down the pike or you haven't had an audition in a while or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, then make the opportunity. Like, you know, say... You you have this podcast that's making the opportunity. Uh, nothing's coming along. Um, write a solo show. Do an album. Why do you think I have a Christmas album? Because there was nothing coming. You know, it's the pandemic. Nothing's happening. Okay, I need some way to get myself out there, to be creative, to use my skills. I'll do a Christmas album. You know, keep, keep putting yourself out there, doing the auditions, but also if those aren't coming, Forge a path of something, you know, make it, do it yourself. Give your own self the opportunity. So that's what you have to look forward to here on season eight of Why I'll Never Make It, which starts next week with the wonderful playwright and director, Steve Cuden, with an interesting tale of how he brought Jekyll and Hyde to life with Frank Wildhorn. Yet it was another lyricist who actually took it to Broadway. It's a fascinating look behind the curtain of one of the most iconic shows of the last 30 years. So join me and Steve next time as we talk more about why I'll never make it. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.